Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Third Shifter Podcast. I am your host, Judd Severy, and I am kind of coming to you with this episode with a heavy heart that this is actually going to be my last episode for the Third Shifter Podcast. And the reason is, I'm going to, I'm not really sure how to really put put this into really good words, but this is a podcast that when it was started, it was meant it's more of a almost a therapeutic treatment for myself. It was help me uh, get out of my comfort zone and to do things that I normally would not do. And podcasting at the time was something that I never really thought I would be doing. But I'm glad I did it. I am so proud of myself for at least doing it. this. May not be a, a hor- you know a, a monumental podcast, but it, it kind of helped me out a lot and. I want to put it, let you guys know that it has been a wild ride. I'm actually going to be doing something different. Uh, I'm going to do a, a very different podcast. Uh, the third shifter has kind of was more or less always been a uh, uh, maybe a hodgepodge of different things. A uh, how should I word it? It's, it's like a well, as I put into the description, it was a box of chocolates. You never knew what where you were going to get from every episode. And I realized I kind of wanted to get into some a couple of different topics here in the future that really almost don't fit the criteria for the Third Shifter podcast. I really wanted I wanted something where I can actually build on, and I just really kind of came to believe between what I'm wanting to do and what the Third Shifter podcast um, kind of really was. It was kind of just ran its course that's been all that's about the best way to put it so with that being said um i'm actually going to be doing this last episode um it's actually going to be a recording of me uh there's no notes to this all right um and i probably you think i probably want to really go out with a really big bang and probably is not going to be really a big bang because and what i did this is probably where a little artistic writing kind of came into play uh i decided one night just to kind of because i've heard stories i live not far from rutland vermont rutland is not it is well it was kind of a rough town when i was growing up and i'm just it wasn't a horrible town but it was it was rough now it is just really gotten bad um with hotels that are just you know that were really nice over the years until recently they have just kind of just fallen apart and a lot of it has to do with the homelessness and the opioid epidemic which which is really really sad to say that i know i can honestly speak for rutland i don't know if i can speak the truth for any other uh decent sized city in the united states but at least for uh rutland that's the two actually go hand in hand don't get me wrong there are people who are homeless that i mean they just they just don't have a home they lost an awful lot they're kind of forced to you know to sleep in cars or, or to sleep on the street just because they don't have a place to go and then there are people who are they've actually fallen victim to this whole opioid 
crisis that we have going on and i i have an, you know i'm just gonna flat out say it i from a, a few different documentaries i have seen it is very <laughs> i i blame a, a company called uh, purdue pharma and i don't think we all know where i'm going oxycontin okay they reintroduced the the whole opioid made it sound like it was safe and it wasn't safe they got to be prescribed for any anything and everything from not just like a super chronic pain from an injury, but right down to things like headaches or sprained ankles. It was just, it was unreal. I, and I'm, I'm praying that a lot of stuff I was reading is was just kind of fabricated, but I don't think it was because we're just, it is horrible. And you go, basically what I did was I spent about 30 minutes um, after work one night I work a 2.30 to 12.30 shift, and I actually, once in a while, I will stop at this one gas station. It's uh, Cumberland Farms in Rutland. It's a 24-hour gas station, and they've, and there's times that they're open 24. There's times that they just have to close down. Um, it is, um, yeah, it, it's not, it's not pretty there. I have a friend who... She's what is called voluntarily homeless. She's a you know, wonderful person, but she had, you know, economic-wise, she chose to basically just sleep in her car, um, get a gym membership, go to, you know, she will she goes, washes, you know, does her bathing at the gym, goes to the laundromat, so on and so forth, only to, you know, just because, um, for, you know, economic reasons, and she's actually pretty much is saving up. I think she said her whole plan was like in the next year to actually buy a plot of land and actually put something on it. So, I mean, I, I think that's wonderful. I think it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Kudos for her. I don't know if I could do that. Uh, I, if I'm not in a relationship, probably by the time my son is out of the house, I might consider doing that just to help build up my bank account. Uh, that's, I mean, it's, you know, I think that'd be kind of a fun little pod, side podcast every week. Just got to tell a story about, you know, me, my, you know, my life, just living in my car, you know, and working a full-time job. I think that'd be, that'd be a fun little podcast, but, uh, yeah, until my son has decides he's going to move out of the house, I don't think I'll be doing that. Uh, anyways, uh, the stories that she was telling me that she had would see at night, uh, there in Rutland, because these people were, it was just horrendous. People shooting up in their cars, people uh, d- just doing things that a normal, rational person would not do. Um, the Cumberland Farms, the gas station I'm just telling you about, at after 12 o'clock, they don't just lock, I mean, I can understand locking up the the uh, the uh, beer cooler so people can, okay, I can understand that, but they also have to lock up the bathroom. So you basically, if you go in at, after a certain time you're not allowed to go use the bathroom because people were going in there shooting up uh they were they also locked up you know the ice cream and i actually just kind of walked up i wanted to, I, was, I just wanted to get me an ice cream bar after work one night and i know it was locked and so i just so i went over to the counter and i just, i kind of said something and i was like oh i guess there's something wrong with your freezer i can't open it up you know because i know sometimes the commercial freezers will lock up if they get below a certain temperature so they can build up you go, oh no if you want some ice cream, we'll get you some. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'm not, I don't want, you know, interrupt your guys' jobs just to go and get that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Walmart, 
Um, at least the one in Rutland. I don't think any other Walmart that I've been to in the area does this. But the one in Rutland, they lock up. Oh, oh wow. It's like toothbrushes they lock up. The uh, socks and under. Hey, like stuff you would not think would need to be locked up. They were locking up because people were going in and just stealing them. It, it's insane. And I, wow. And I'm just, this whole, this is an epidemic. Um that is going on i got friends who after I've, I've talked to them after i did that recording and they were they actually confided to me that they actually carry uh firearms with them going just to go to walmart just to go to anytime they go to rutland they actually have a they carry a because they conceal carry which uh, vermont that is actually legal you don't have to have a special permit but still it, it's Wow, it's it's just troubling to me that this is where our society has come to because of this epidemic that people have to, you know, are, are going into stores armed to protect themselves from people who are going out of their minds. It, it's not right. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have to be that way. But it's a scary truth. And so, with that being said, um, this is the last episode um thank you so much for for the few people who've listened or during this little journey of mine thank you so much and like i said i am going to be doing something very different probably either the first of december or the first of of january i don't have i know what i want to do um matter of fact probably the first episode are going to be connected to this last episode where I'm just kind of spewing out, uh, telling you what's going on. And probably after that, it's going to be, um, two or three part series on, on the opioids epidemic. That's just, you know, from my point of view, from, you know, I'll do a little, you know, research and tell you the story about how it began, how, how it, how it, came about to you know probably you know what it was through the you know you know like 60s and 70s where last stuff really took off and then probably uh more of how it really took hold today and it's probably gonna be hopefully two to three part series hope i hope i don't make it to a four part series that's gonna be long um but as usual you know i want to keep the episodes short as possible this is going to be a little longer than a normal episode, but anyways, like I said, I'm working on getting all that structured up. And during the next few months, uh, I just have a lot going on. You know, I, I have children who are venturing out on their own. I got another one who's, he's trying to get his, uh, legs underneath him so he can go out on his own. And I just, you know, just a lot of emotional stuff. So I'm actually, this is why I'm taking such a break between, between this podcast and then starting a new one. So with no further ado, um, I'm going to post, I'm going to stop this introduction and then I am going to go ahead and kind of, it's just, uh, just do the little recording of what I was, if a lot of it, it's just what I was seeing. Uh, there wasn't a whole awful lot, but I had a few very questionable things going on. So, and 
most of that night it's just me really rambling really just like i'm doing right now okay so with no further ado um i'm going to connect you up to that segment and then i'll be closing out with you know my regular um things on mental health and a bible verse so thank you very much god bless Hey everybody, uh, I don't have a, a mic with me, uh, so I'm actually just recording this over my phone. So you probably are going to be getting a lot of different uh, background noise. I got a blowers going, I got the windshield wipers going because it's raining. And what I want to, as I probably said in my introduction, this is going to be more or less the last of the podcasts for the Third Shifter podcast. There's going to be something different obviously but um i just kind of feel like it's time to put it to rest i got a lot of different changes coming up the you know it was more or less just a podcast for my own therapy and i, I try to make it because more than what it what to become and i had gone through several different platforms with it um so it's it's just one of those times it's it's, it's just time to kind of put it to bed. And I just want to say I love podcasting. I enjoy it. So, and right now, it's after work. It's almost 1.40 in the morning. I work uh, a second shift. I usually get off about, yeah, what, 12.30? And... Sometimes I just to decompress, I'll play a game on my phone. I'll come to the gas station, get myself a little snack, whatever, before I head on home. And where I the town, the city that I work, uh, well, I'm gonna say it's not, it's not where I work. Um, I have to drive through it to get to work, and it's Rutland, Vermont. And Rutland, I really don't know how to describe Rutland, and I'm really sorry, guys. I've uh, had something to eat before I started recording, and that's a big no-no. And so, hang on, I mean, I gotta take a swig of water. Anyways, like I said, if you guys can all hear me <clears throat> through uh, <laughs> all the little background noise, Rutland is not the city that it was when I was growing up. Um, I'm sure that I've talked about in other previous episodes that part of my side gig work is what I do is I you know, deliver groceries through Instacart. I also make deliver Walmart stuff, you know, make deliveries from Walmart through Spark. And with that being said, um, there's... Rutland was kind of, a, you know, well, by the way, for Vermont, Rutland was kind of a uh, questionable city. <laughs> um, of course, in the 80s and 90s, the drug drugs were really starting to become more prevalent. And I do believe in some ways they were getting more of a handle on it. They were starting to crack down on the main pipeline because the way the road systems were back then, Rutland was a stop for uh, drugs, 
um, coming up from like Boston and you know, I got Boston Harbor there. You're shipping them from Boston, making their way up through Vermont and eventually going up into Montreal, Canada. And that was before you had to have a passport to get in and out of Canada. And I believe the drugs in that respect have really uh, gone down quite a bit. Um, I'm still sure that if you know who to talk to, you can get some, uh, you know, some cocaine or crack and whatever. Uh, I'm sure that I'm pretty all but positive that's still out there. But the big, the big, big drug that has affected not just Rutland, Vermont, uh, all of Vermont, all of New, all of New England, and probably good, what, 95, I'm going to say, I'm being very generous by just saying 95% of the continental United States is, was, uh, well, I'm just going to say it's, it was Oxycontin that started it all, and that really got people hooked um, on opioids, and an opioid epidemic has been just, since the late 90s, mid to late 90s, to now, has just, it's just been rampant, and I believe, you know, I don't really know how to pick my words for this, because I really don't have any notes. I don't have any notes about what I'm going to say. I wanted to just do this last episode for the podcast, just kind of freewheeling it, and but I wanted to talk about this, what I'm observing. And tonight, like I said, on my way home, I just, there's one little gas station I stop off at. It is, uh, it's called Cumberland Farms. It's a 24-hour, it's supposed to be 24 hours, and I think because of uh, staffing, sometimes they're not open 24 hours, but it is just, I really don't know how to describe it. It's just not safe at times, and they're busy throughout the night because of the the opioid epidemic during covid like most places around the country they put out these vouchers to the different hotels and motels to bring in the homeless uh, people who are being evicted out of their uh out of their apartments because oh well, they couldn't work they couldn't bring in an income to pay the rent so they were they got kicked out so they were staying at these hotels and the state would give them you know the vouchers and and now they're having a very hard time kicking them out but they are i mean it is just horrific um i got one friend i work with she is she's homeless by choice and she explained to me her the basis of her choice the economics of it and that during the winter time, she finds another place, you know, a place that's a little bit more uh, stable, and she's going to be doing some different things throughout the winter to stay warm and be safe. But she told she uh, the thing that she has told us that she has seen just living out of her car. She said it's been horrific. She's now they've had to call the police on different people because of their. Of the, of the heroin and because of ox, uh, it is their behavior tonight. I really saw something weird going on that 
when I pulled in, I just kind of parked my car. I just wanted to kind of sit here for about 30 minutes and just see if I can see what she had seen and, or at least witness some of that stuff. And I, I don't really, I really don't understand it. There was a car, it looked like three women off to one side. They were doing, they were running out of the store and there was another, like a white, uh, some sort of a white SUV. It was a newer, it was actually looked like a almost brand new. Um, I'm assuming either that or it was a very well taken care of used car. And she would, I saw them go into the store and she ran out, went over to the SUV. I don't know what was going on there. Turned around, went back in the SUV, up and drove off. I don't know if they thought that I was calling cops because I, because as soon as she ran back in the store, I decided to get out of my car to go in and get myself something to drink and something to eat. So they drove off. When I came in, all these the three women were all at the counter, and they were, I don't know, the, the, the poor uh, clerk, uh, store clerk, she was, looked like she was just really annoyed and wanted to get out. So I got my stuff, and eventually they all got up and they left, they went in, and I paid for my stuff. And as soon as I walked out the door, the clerk came up and she locked it. I guess she was going to take care of the bathrooms or something. So she locked the door so people couldn't get in, which is probably a good thing. But I came back in, and I came back out, and there were the, the, the three ladies were in the minivan. But as soon as I got in my car, one of them got out, and she ran across the parking lot to one of those hotels where everybody's staying at. They're pretty much... Uh, I'm just going to say, to me, they're more of an upscale homeless shelter. There, I just said it. Uh, most of the people are not having to pay anything. They're, the state's paying for it. Or tax dollars at work. And the conversation today at work about all this is that it's going to get worse before it gets better. And there's people who think that it can't get any worse and... It's been my experience that when you sit there and you say something can't get worse, that's when whatever the powers that be are, they they kind of say, here, hold my beer. And I don't drink beer, but hey, guys. But that that's the idea. That's the gist I want you to get. I want, that's, not, that's what I want you to start understanding, that these hotels – that the motels that they were staying were actually fairly decent. They were, you know, um, there were a few of them that were just, you know, they were, they cater to a more low budget crowd. But then when COVID hit, it just, it just, I don't know. It's like, they, that's where they put all the homeless and all those who were being evicted. That's where they went. And, they just really gone downhill. Uh, there was a Holiday Inn that's just over here to the south part of town. And in my deliveries, I've had to deliver there a couple of times, and I don't like delivering there. I don't like going there at all. Um, it's just not uh, safe. To me, it's just not safe. Uh, the hotel's just, it's been destroyed. It was really, really nice. Um, before all this happened, I'm like I said, it was really nice. It was pretty much almost upscale. Uh, you, 
I mean, it wasn't like a Marriott or a Hilton or anything, but it, it was for the county. It was really nice, and now it's just been destroyed. And then, unfortunately, I hate to say that's where most of a lot of the people live now. Uh, there's a hotel, like I said, just to the south here of Cumberland Farms. There's another, like, and then there's the it's the old Holiday Inn. I think now it's called the Cortina Inn. Also, just a little further, maybe a half quarter to a half a mile south of here and then there's also a, a quality inn just a little ways over and i think quality Inn kind of got rid of most of everybody and if this all sounds more like a rant right now it, it probably is i'm just i'm really frustrated i'm really disturbed about what has happened to this city when I'm delivering, I am seeing it just get worse. I'm seeing I had, I've had friends of mine who they're the most godliest, God-fearing people that you're going to meet. They will not allow their wives to go to Walmart alone. Uh, Walmart here in Rutland is actually is in that part of town. It is a rough part of town. Uh, that's where a lot of the homeless congregate. Seems like, and I, I know there's all kinds of jokes about Walmart, but unfortunately, this is probably, you know, exceeds the old stereotype of Walmart. You're not getting your crazy rednecks and hillbillies. These are a lot of people who are hanging around that part of town now. They are the drug addicts. They are the homeless. And I'm not saying all homeless are bad, but. When you start throwing drugs into the mix, it can become dangerous. And one of them, one of my friends, he, you know, he's a, he's a Christian, he's a God-fearing man, but he's a former police officer. He will not let his wife go to Walmart alone. And he told me that every time he does, they do go to Walmart together. He's uh, he carries. He's a he has a concealed carry, and he basically so he's escorting her in with you know. Carrying, you know, when he has a a concealed weapon on him, and I think it's sad that he it has to be to that point. A friend of mine, he's a former manager of a convenience store here in town, and he was talking to me about and about the uh, surveillance videos that they show, and it is insane. And one of the convenience stores that for that he he still works part time at one. He's a, him and me work at the same company, but he still works part time at this one particular uh, gas station. There's one or this one particular line of convenience stores. He uh, goes in, and he they said that this one in this one particular part of town they had to remove the bathrooms and remove the tables because in the state of Vermont if if, you, if you're a store and you have tables, you have to, you know, where people can eat, and you have to have bathrooms open to them. And a lot of gas stations are now closing off their bathrooms. And this one particular convenience store, um, Stewart's, um, that's who, that's the, that's the, that's the chain, and they're all over Vermont and New York, and I me, mean, I think possibly even uh, down to Massachusetts. I don't know about New Hampshire, but they. Uh, yeah, this one, they, they've had had a couple here in town where they just took out 
the bathrooms because they had people going in, they're shooting up and overdosing. And so to eliminate that, they took him out. He was telling me that they used to keep um, a picnic tables outside their store. You know, you get your stuff, you can just kind of, before you drive off, just sit and, you know, eat your food out, outside, whatever. And they had to get rid of those because people were going outside and sitting at night. They were sh shooting up on the... Uh, on these uh, uh, picnic tables and and doing uh, other you know sexual acts on them in the middle of the night, so they had to get. I mean, it's really sad. It's where it it's this is where it's become. And there's another place just to the south of town. Um, it's the old Diamond Run Mall. It is not. It is shut down. Um, and I'm just going to flat out say it, the Diamond Run Mall kind of did this to themselves. They just, you know, the story that I was told is one store would move out and they would jack the rent up on the other stores to compensate for what they lost on that store. And it just kind of became a big domino effect. And eventually they lost all the stores. Kmart used to be there. Um, they moved from where Walmart is now up to, up to the, the small and and that that's kind of an odd story. Uh, Diamond Run Mall is actually the second mall that they had here in Rutland. The first one is over where the Home Depot is. And as they found out there was asbestos in it, so they had to shut the mall down. And that that was my that was my mall growing up. Is the one that was actually by the Home Depot. So they. Oh, they had to, you know, shut it down, they had to tear it down, and that's where they built Home Depot and Big Lots and a couple of other things out there. But anyways, um, what they did, you know, they, uh, the fall of the Diamond Run Mall, it's, it's, it's just, it's, that's not what I'm here to talk about, but it was just, it was just poor management. Um, but they lost Kmart, they, of course, being a mall, they had uh, Sears and JCPenney. And those went out, and all the other little stores in there, they all eventually went out. So Diamond and Run Mall is just a, if you were to go up there during the day and just drive around, it is, all uh, the islands where, you know, the trees or whatever, it's all overgrown. There's nobody up there taking care of it. All, everywhere that's there is glass is all just boarded up. Graffiti all over the place. If you were to go drive and just look around the parking lot, there are needles all over the place. Use condoms. It is horrific. Um, I don't even, and I've heard stories about inside of it that that's where uh, more of the homeless population here in Rutland has gone. They've gone to the Diamond Run Mall, uh, found ways inside of it, and just kind of made it into their little home without you know, having to pay rent or anything. So I'm, I'm sure that's all just destroyed on the inside. And I'm just, I, I'm just kind of fear that eventually that place is going to have to get torn down. It, it's, it's just horrible. And it's really sad that this city is a, it's, it's, it once was a very, very good place to live. It was a good place to raise your kids. And just over the years, it is thanks to drugs uh, particularly the opioid epidemic, it's just gone downhill. It's, um, 
like I said, growing up, it was known as being a rough uh, city. For for Vermont, it was a rough city. Of course, it's you got a decent population here even back then. So yeah, they. I'm sure it was rough, but it's just it's gotten worse. And so what I want to just. I'm not sure how to land this plane because eventually I got to, I got to start taking off. I'm here to look and observe and I really haven't seen anything that my, my one friend has said other than those two weird things here, but I'll, but that's just tonight. That is actually tonight. Um, I've actually have come here to the Cumberland farms and they were just, people just sitting around outside there one girl I don't know why she was out here wrapped up in a blanket and this is late July early August and so that wasn't I just that was to me that was just kind of odd because it was a warm night and she was I heard her complaining to her two male friends that she was cold I just weird weird people and you know they're they're hopped up on drugs and just and I'm not saying that to be judgmental but you can tell by their mannerisms by how they're acting I mean it's like I said I'm, it's right now it's about to approach two o'clock so yeah I do have to bring this down to an ending but something does have to be done and unfortunately I do believe it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, and a lot of people don't, they don't, they think that it can't get any worse. And the fact is, yes, it can. It can always get worse. And as I come down, I'm going to try to land this airplane. Um, I want to talk about last month. Late, late, I think I want to say it was part of late mid July. We had a young, she was a young police officer, 19 years old, she's getting ready to go to the academy. She's, but she, I guess she's, she's like some sort of, a, she was part of an intern program with the Rutland City Police Department. She did that while in high school. When she got out of high school, she was hired on to be a police officer. They, they of course, you know, you, you, while they were waiting to get her into the academy, they put her through some their own training, got to get her ready for the academy. And I believe she was signed up to be part of the next class at the Vermont State Police Academy. And there was an individual, and supposedly what the story, I can't remember what the news said. He was, he was hopped up on drugs, stalking his girlfriend. She called the police, and he knew that if he got caught, he wasn't going to be, he was trying to enlist into the Marines, and he knew that if he got caught, he wasn't going to be able to get into the Marines. So he led the police on a high-speed chase. Uh, this one cop, they were trying to block her. They were trying to block his way or or do something to prevent him from getting by. But everything I told her, she did properly. She, was, she did according to training. And nothing was her, her fault. But eventually this guy, he decided he was going to... Uh, I don't know if he chose to accelerate or what happened, but he hit her head on, killing her, killing her on impact. And I believe she, in the process, injuring another police officer. 
last I knew, he was he's fine. He's being charged with manslaughter and public, and I don't know what other charges. I'm hoping that he'll get crucified for killing her, but this that really hit hard. And it was all because he didn't want to be caught. He was on drugs. He didn't. He didn't. He was trying to get into the Marines, and which was the stupidest thing. I, you know, you're. It's like you're already hopped up on drugs. You're gonna. You're not going into the Marine Corps. So basically, he just didn't want to be caught by the police, and somebody died because of his decisions. Now, with all that said and done. I just want to try and land this plane, try to offer a ray of hope. And I, I believe God is the answer. God is healing. God is merciful. He is, I, I really don't even, I mean, there's so much to, to just, just to describe God's righteousness and his power. And people don't understand it. They think of him like he's the God. That, like uh, People look at God in two forms. If he's either Zeus sitting there on a cloud with a bolt of lightning waiting to just strike people down. Or he's a, he's a genie in a magic bottle and that he's expected to grant us whatever wishes that we say to him. That we're asked for. And we think that's what his purpose is and that's not it. There's a lot of people out here who I firmly believe need God and they need that healing. They need that help. I'm not sure how to present it. I do know a friend of mine who's a preacher here in Rutland city. He has, he was saying that one time the mayor of Rutland did call in all of the preachers and the pastors of Rutland city together and was asking them for their help. I do not know to this day what they can do unless they can all agree on recovery on, but it does have to be Christ Jesus based on Jesus Christ. It's got to be faith based. And I know they don't want to do that because they don't want to offend anybody, but we're in a bad situation. Rutland City is in a bad situation. Burlington is in a bad situation. The entire state of Vermont is in a bad situation. New Hampshire, Maine, New York, Massachusetts, going out. It's all in a bad way. Yeah, you know, I think if you were just to follow the at the Appalachian Mountain Range from the from the top of Maine, going all the way down to the bottom of Georgia. going It's just bad. We need prayer. We need hope. God is the answer, so please pray. Pray for this epidemic to get over with. Pray that the powers that be, that they will wise up and realize that this is beyond them. That this is truly out of control and it is going to get worse before it gets better unless there is an intervention. And with that, thank you for um, 
listening to the Third Sister podcast. As I said before, it was a podcast for my own healing, for my own personal therapy to get myself out there. And like I said, I'm actually wanting to, uh, I am going to be shutting this podcast down. You're going to be able to, I still have the website up so you can go and look at some other websites. I'm going to be having some recordings for everyone to listen to. Uh, some videos where I'm trying to speak more about God and godly things and spiritual things. And I really thank you for listening. I'll be praying for you. And I am going to keep the fan page for the Third Shifter podcast up probably until after the first part of the year. That way I can announce my the new podcast. And I'm going to you know, just try to figure this whole thing out because it's... Um, I really want to get better at podcasting. I really want to have a more organized podcast. And so I'm leaving this podcast on just what I'm seeing. Not a story that I've researched. Just what I've been seeing with my own eyes. And what I've been hearing with my own ears. And that is this drug epidemic. That we are all suffering through. Whether it is you who is suffering with from the actual addiction or you are somebody who has seen and witnessed friends who have who have suffered through it. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye and thank you. Hey everybody, if you are suffering from mental health issues and really need to talk to somebody, don't be afraid to call the 988 number. That is a national number that you can call for, you know, there are people there for you to talk to. If you are really in an acute situation and really need help, just get to the emergency room, get the treatment that you need, get the help that you need. If you are, you know, in a city, you know, maybe you don't feel like you really need to call 988, but you know, you feel, you know, the stress, the, the depression and everything that's going on with this world, uh, you know, just sitting on your shoulders and you don't, and you just don't want to go to a, an actual um, therapist's office. There are online options for you. There is better help. There is cerebral and there is talk space. These uh, are online services that you can go to. Um, a couple of them do take health insurance. Um, the other one, the others are, you know, if not, they are like really uh, inexpensive. And what you, and there are people that you can talk to. I know cerebral. There are uh, not just therapists, but there are also psychiatrists there uh, that you can, if you are needing medication, they will uh, prescribe the medication for you and and even send that uh, prescription to your local pharmacy. That way, you know, you don't have to worry about a package or you, you know, whatever. And especially if you're, you know, insurance only covers certain uh, pharmacies. I know that's how it is with my insurance. Yeah, I'm only, I can only go to certain pharmacies. And so I have to, which is, this is just fantastic. You can just tell them where to send it to and they'll send it right there and you can go pick it up. Now, as previously in this episode, I, you know, I kind of talked about, you know, the opioid crisis. And if you are suffering from a form of uh, any form of substance abuse, whether it be alcohol, opioids, uh, some other form of um, addictive drug that you just can't shake, there is a, a hotline that I found. It's it's a 1-800-662-4351.
give it a call, get help, right? Don't be relying on, you know, you don't need to be taking any form of substance. I don't care what, what the substance is. You don't need it. Okay. It's slowly killing you. Yeah. It's destroying your life, destroying the lives of those around you. Put it away, get rid of it. Okay. All right, everybody. Romans chapter eight, verse six says, for the carnally minded is death, but the spiritually minded is life and peace. Just really quick. What that means is purely pure and simple that if you're like more focused on what this world has to offer to you, then you're you're not gonna have really a really good life. You're gonna life is going to evade you. You're gonna be dead inside because you're more focused on what this world has to offer than what the, our heavenly Father has to offer. If you but when you are more spiritually minded, that is where you are going to be more focused on heavenly things. On you're going to be more focused on heavenly treasures, heavenly peace. And you're, that's what you're going to have. You're going to have nothing but peace and love and joy in your heart that nobody can take away. Whereas the things of this world, the things that are carnally minded, uh, that are physical, that are finite, when those things go away, when if they, you know, they burn up, they melt, they, they are destroyed, part of you will go with that because that is where your heart is. Whereas your heart is on more spiritual things, it can never be destroyed. And with that, once again, I thank you. Thank you for listening. And I'm really hoping that when I announce the, my new podcast, that you will tune into that. I'm actually going to leave everything on the, the third shifter Facebook page. That way you guys can go check, you know, just, you'll know when I start the new podcast. Thank you so much. God bless.